Welcome back to Bit Different, everyone. This is Satine. And you've got Rob. Yes, we do. We got Annie. <laughs> oh. Like the, like the musical. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry. Forget it. It's lost on you. Well, we have a special guest today. We do. <laughs> He's very special. Yeah. Not just to me, but to everyone. To the world. So we have Todd Masterson, my main man. Hello. Hubby Boo Boo. Is that what you thought my voice would sound like? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, he already pulled out the 80s teen villain laugh. (laughs) It is my favorite laugh to laugh at Rob. (laughs) It's the worst. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. This is fun. We know. Also, thanks for coming to my home where I live. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for the invite. <laughs> um, so, Todd. Yes. You are a comedian. I am. Tell us about it. Uh, it's, you know, soul sucking. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's fun. I like it. So it's um, everything we thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> Can you do a little history, I guess, about you as comedian? Like, Yeah, yeah. Tell us your little... Cool jobs, something. Um, Yeah. Lived in New York for three years, and I uh, was in a couple off-Broadway shows, and then I started doing stand-up a little bit, and then I moved here 10 years ago, and I was like, I want to dive into stand-up full-time, and I did, and then I've, uh, through stand-up, I wrote for Joan Rivers for two years, and I produced season seven of RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. Um, and most recently I wrote on the CBS diversity showcase for the CBS network comedy showcase. <laughs> uh, That's nice. Little redundant. Yeah. That's a lot of words. A lot of showcase. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And now I'm, uh, just booking tours and about to go on the road. Oh my God. I love it. That's awesome though. I yeah. personally could never be a stand up comedian cause I get stage fright, like nobody's business. But it's- you're a model. Yeah, but I don't have to talk. Uh, see, that's like it's the talking. I when I do stand up, I don't want people to look at me. I just want them to hear me. So I would rather do like podcast stand up. Like, oh my I'm... god, I have an idea. <laughs> I'll stand there and I'll just mouth your voice. Oh, okay, yeah, that'll work. Yeah, this good to me. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Um, well, thanks for having me on your nerd podcast. I'm very excited. How dare you? What? <laughs> You're a hot gay nerd. That's yeah, why I like you. You both are to me. <laughs> so sexy. There's so much magic going on here. So what have you been up to this week, Rob? Well, um, I, uh, over the weekend, did something for the first time in six years. I went to a gym. Ew. <laughs> and I have been so fucking sore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like day one or Saturday, I did uh, kettlebell weight training, which was um, interesting. Like I had to learn what the pieces of a kettlebell were because they were like, grab the horns. And I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> the horns of what? A kettlebell. Is that does it is it in the shape of a bowl? No, so a kettlebell is like a imagine like a, a shot put or a cannonball, yeah. where it has a little you know handle coming out of it. The sides of the handle are, are called the horns. Uh-huh. So imagine if there were horns coming out that didn't connect, and gotcha. then the, the top is the handle. Okay. So you have the handle and you have the horns. Um, and so I, uh, yeah, so I did uh, kettlebell stuff on Saturday, and. Um, Sounds like hard work. So does that just work out your arms or everything? You'd be amazed how much of it is legs. You're supposed to use like your your uh, your glutes and your oh, and your hammies and your quads, the gluteus, to uh, <laughs> to do like kettlebell swings. Um, and uh, and then we also did some pull ups and stuff and some uh, and we did uh, 
planks. I mean, it was a full hour worth of kettlebell stuff. Yeah. And um, it was just crazy to get back into that. And then um, I woke up the next day and I couldn't extend my left arm all the way without feeling extreme pain uh, in the muscle in the forearm that's like right near the elbow, whatever that's called. The Popeye muscle? Yeah. Like the, yeah. You know, the forearm thing. That, yeah. And uh, I like that. Even though I couldn't do that, right? And I also couldn't move my, I couldn't uh, move my left arm over my head because my uh, lat in my back there was way too tight. Jeez. And so, and then I on Sunday I went and did a kickboxing class. Oh, see, I've always wanted to do that because I have really long extension. So yeah. I thought it'd be great for kickboxing. It's it's it, that was really fun. Um, even though I was sore, it was actually an enjoyable kind of workout. Um, of course then. Today, I uh, was, or yesterday, I was in such pain, like, it felt like I got hit by a truck. I couldn't move anything without something hurting. And um, as of today, like, maybe like an hour ago, I can finally straighten both of my arms without too much pain, almost. Um, And for some reason, my right calf is super sore, but uh, not the other one. Yeah, it was funny. He was walking around like he was carrying like two large sacks or like kind of like a gorilla. Like he, his <laughs> arms were just like out and hanging down and they weren't moving or anything. It was Why funny. so glum? I know. <laughs> yeah. And once I and like me like to sit down, it wasn't so much like a lowering gesture. It was just like, all right, I'm confident there's something behind me and now I'm going to fall. <laughs> which is just awkward like it, it happened with couches chairs beds the toilet it's just it's just sort of like a, a kerplunk yeah it's a collapse onto anything so um i'm it. glad uh that the well, the pain on that's finally subsiding. i'm glad you survived the cowbell thanks the cowbell <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so i'm trying to think what else is happening not a whole lot uh although um we've had some tv milestones as of two days ago one show we've been watching since Todd and I met just mm. ended. Oh, yeah. Girls. Girls ended oh. in one of the weirdest what was that sort of series finales So like a of Seinfeld situation? No. no. Seinfeld had an, a not satisfying ending. This one just had kind of a, this is an ending to a different show. Actually, Seinfeld uh, is one of my favorite endings of all time. It's really? pretty good. Yeah, but it that's because it's one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah. Um, but the girls' finale was weird because it didn't feel like a finale. A, uh, and B, it didn't wrap anything up. Like it just ended, and it was it almost ended like in a really depressing way, uh, like a question. So it, I, I don't know. I, I was frustrated with it. Do you think they're going to do like a Netflix movie to kind of go back and visit it? I hope not. I think they will. I kind of don't want to see these characters anymore. Which it's always a setup. I also, actually, the thing I kind of liked about it was the fact that it didn't seal everything off all neat and tidy. Like, that's the one thing I'll give it. And that, like, it ignored a ton of characters for its finale. And one of my biggest beefs with, like, say, Sex and the City was that they paired off everybody in a desperate attempt at the end of that series. A desperate and, attempt for happiness. Yeah, and I just didn't like that. I was actually, mm. I would have been happy with some people being single, and instead they were desperate to pair everyone up. And I kind of liked the fact that girls ended a little messy, but just the entire ep- final episode felt like a weird sidestep from the previous what five seasons, six seasons, mm-hmm. however many it was. It just five. felt like a weird sidestep. Um, well, also with. I mean, first of all, HBO just doesn't know how to end a show. Hey, but, Six Feet Under <laughs> ended perfectly. That was a good ending. And True but, Blood sucked. True, Blo- <laughs> True Blood sucked. Sopranos was weird. Um, Sex and the City, they only rushed to pair off Samantha. Everybody else like, was in a relationship that they had set up for forever. And Carrie didn't need to be in that one. Um, but um, Big. 
but that's like the basis of the whole show. I yeah, know, from but, the first episode. Yeah, but I mean, I'm glad that girls didn't follow in that uh, in those footsteps. Yeah, but it doesn't even seem like girls tried. Like it was just a weird episode. It was like a one-off episode. I don't know, just because it was called Girls, and they set up, you know, six seasons of Girls, and then for the last episode to just be two of them, it was just weird. Yeah, mm. a little strange. Um, but yeah, so that happened. And then uh, my favorite show of the last two years came back on Sunday for its final season, The Leftovers. Yeah. Oh, I've never watched that either. Oh, my God. It's so good. Yeah, if you are not watching The Leftovers, you are missing out on some amazing TV. Okay, I'll have to catch up on that, too, now. Season one is bleak. Like, for anyone who hasn't watched, season one is bleak, it's dark, it's sad, but totally worth it. And season two... Bleaker is one hundred percent fascinating. It's oh. less bleak, yeah, oh, okay. and it's just it's it's an I want to I want to say airtight, but it is a near perfect season of TV, mm, and that's rare for it, season two to be better. It's so good. Even people who hated season one loved season two. Okay, and like season three, um, it's bo- just starting out real good, and it turns out it bodes pretty well so far. Like, um, and you know, not to lean too hard on critic stuff. But I know, like, um, it turns out it's going to be eight episodes for its final season instead of ten. And uh, critics were given the first seven. So they were given every episode except for the series finale. And uh, right now on Metacritic, it has a 98 out of 100. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, it, people are saying these final seven episodes, you know, saved for the it's finale. It's like a long movie. So. Yeah. I, uh, we watched the premiere on Sunday, and then I watched it again last night. You watched it twice. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that it's, good? It's so. Well, What's your favorite show? First ever. Uh, oh. <laughs> Extremes. Well, I was gonna say uh, Justin. Oh, I keep wanting to say Justin Trudeau. Justin. Uh, what's his name? Thoreau. Thoreau. Uh, it's just really fun to look at. So uh, that's oh. another reason to watch, especially in the finale of last season, which I watched last night again, and then the premiere of season three. He's uh, naked or shirtless a lot. Oh, nice. Um, wait, what's my favorite show of all time? Yeah. Do you have one? Can you hmm. think of one? Simpsons for me. Um, I mean, it's all over the place. I'll say that the shows that I think about and I watch all the time and shaped my life are Roseanne and Seinfeld and Murder, She Wrote and Unsolved Mysteries. And what else am I watching that I watch all the time? Those are good. That's about it, I guess. None of which I ever re- was really obsessed with. Mine was like Ab Fab, Sex and the City. Yeah, I went through a huge Little Britain. <laughs> I like British yeah. comedy. <laughs> I went through a really big uh, Ab Fab phase and mm-hmm. uh, like British sketch comedy phase. Alias. Yeah. yeah I like all those. So. I never cool. watched Alias ever. Like not even one episode of it. Me neither. Oh, it was JJ Start. You need yeah. to see it. It's so good. It's another one of those shows that second season is... The best season. It's really? just so much. So uh, first season's great, but second season blew it out of the water. So well, it's, I I'm excited. I, I would consider watching it just because I love Victor Garber. Yeah. Oh yeah, I like him too. Oh yeah, it was the anniversary of the Titanic sinking this weekend, so I watched Titanic all weekend. Oh, and that was the first episode of Downton Abbey season one. Yep. 
<laughs> which, oh, where are we going with this? Which I powered through the entire series of Downton Abbey in what a month? Oh, I yeah. love <laughs> just a little bit ago. It was so it was like my Christmas uh, viewing. I watched it while Rob was playing Resident Evil Seven. Yeah, Resident Evil. Oh, uh, well, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, we were talking yeah, about, about that, how different yeah. our entertainment was. So, yeah. what have you been up to, uh, Milady? Uh, well, I've been watching Sense Eight because I kind of gave Orphan Black a rest for now. I'm going to get back to it, mm. and I haven't met your crystal yet. How dare you! But I'm I'm trying to like, you know, it's like when you have to have ginger before you have the next bite of sushi. You want to like clear your palate. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and um, so Sensei, I really like it. And of course, Jamie Clayton's in it, who is a voice on Andromeda. And yeah. she's trans and I love her. And um, I like, I really like the cast. Like I had seen episodes bouncing around before and I just was so confused because I just catch it when other people wanted to watch it. But from start to finish, it's it's pretty dope. So. It's like, yeah, there are some characters on that show I really liked. Yeah. Um, like, I can't, of course, I can't remember any of their names now, but like, I absolutely love I love the Korean woman. Yes, oh, Sun. And because um, yeah, like I loved her in uh, the host that monster movie. Yeah, and of course, She's good. Um, the uh, she was in Cloud Atlas, wasn't she? She was. I think so. Yeah, yeah. and Wachowski uh, stick to their own. The yeah. uh, the Mexican actor, his boyfriend. I love him. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's cute, too. I don't know his name, but They're I like, both I like cute. him. Um, yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to mention that I forgot, too, is when I was at Universal Studios, because we were so hooked on Harry Potter that mm-hmm. I forgot to mention this, literally, when I walked in the park, Beetlejuice attacked me <laughs> and was literally drooling all over me. I kept walking. I was like, what is going on? My friend looked back and he was on the floor crawling towards me going, baby, baby, baby. Come on, baby, just a kiss. Kiss, kiss. And like a whole crowd of people were was around him and he's crawling towards me. I was like, I gotta go. I can't. Wow. I don't need any attention. So that was funny though. That's amazing. That was a moment. Nice. Yeah. I could be Beetlejuice's girlfriend. <laughs> um, well, I was Lydia. like, yeah, the one with the slit throat, right? The beauty queen or slit wrists? Oh, isn't but... it the one he's sitting next to in the waiting room? Yeah, no, he he sits next to the one in the waiting room who is uh, split in half. Oh yeah, oh, split yeah. in half and crosses I think her Lydia legs. Dietz is yeah. his girl. Though, well, yeah, he has a crush on Lydia. <laughs> yeah, but he tries so. to marry her. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it's the receptionist that yeah. slit her wrists who wouldn't have had her little accident. Yeah, yeah, I love her. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. So good. Such a good. Movie. How about you, Todd? Um, well, I don't know. I, uh, work has been like really busy and then not busy. So like I w- worked all week last week, but then I've been off this week and, um, I, it's, I mean, it's not really a secret, but I can't really go into too much detail, but I'm interviewing to be on a baking reality show about baking because I love to bake. Oh my. Uh, is it so, British? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I, you know, I don't want to jinx it and I don't want to like, I haven't signed anything, so like I could fully say everything that it is, but um, I don't know. I just don't want to jinx it. Um, no, but that's but, awesome. So I'm up for this baking reality competition, and I uh, have been practicing my baking. What's your favorite thing to bake? We want to uh, one up. Cupcakes and cakes, number one, but cookies are 
very close second. That's my favorite thing that you bake. I make um, a uh, salted brown butter Nutella stuffed chocolate chip cookies that I make every year over the holidays. They're like punishingly good. Yeah. Where the hell are they? (laughs) What's on the counter right now? Um, So today, (laughs) I... um, By the way. (laughs) I have never really made homemade cream puffs before, and I know that it's a big part of almost every baking show. So... uh, I know that I know that cream puffs are easy, and I've watched many a tutorial because that's how I spend most of my days is watching baking tutorials on YouTube. And uh, so I knew that cream puffs were going to be pretty easy, but I just wanted to make them. So I made homemade cream puffs. So those are the puffs, and they look um, perfectly golden. Thank you. And, and then um, the pastry cream, which is like glorified vanilla pudding, is in the fridge cooling. And then um, you pipe <laughs> you pipe the pastry cream into the cream puff, and then you dust it with powdered sugar. And and then it's a cream puff. Are those the things that go into like the little tower and then get coated a with croquant a croquant bush? Okay. Yeah. It's called a it's called a croquant bush where you take caramel and you glue cream puffs to a cone and uh, dust it with powdered sugar and uh, like sugar floss. Yeah, sugar floss. That's the stuff. Yeah. Because yeah, it looks uh, like a web on it. Almost. But that was one of the questions in the interview uh, for the show. And he's like, Have you ever made a croquant bush? And do you know how? And I was like, I have never made You're one. You're like, I heard what you said. I've watched many a tutorial and I'm pretty sure it'd be pretty easy to make one. It's in the bag, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the only thing, he asked me a million different things uh, uh, Have I baked? And the only thing that I have never baked or attempted, I've never even eaten a souffle. Really? Yeah. So um, that's the only thing that I would definitely have to take. This film's in June, so I have six weeks. So I feel like we just need to go somewhere and have a killer souffle before you start right. making one at home. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also th- this show is only dessert baking, so I don't have to worry about savory baking. Oh, so well, I, just, I don't would have to be make my cheese. You started making some fucking focaccia. I would just. Be like, <laughs> I don't need to make. A, I don't need to make a cheese souffle or anything. But um, yeah, I've never had souffle, so I don't. And I know that they're very difficult to make. So yeah, they're just That's they're so they're funny. very. Uh, I, they strike me as very temperamental. Huh. So much yeah. more so than like difficult. I don't think there's a lot of it's like a relationship, but just anything can go wrong. Yeah, because oh. I mean. Before I ever wanted to be an actor or a stand-up comedian, I wanted my own cooking show. Like when I was a little kid, I used to cook in my mom's kitchen and pretend the window above the sink was a camera and have my own show. So uh, That's cute. now that I'm getting older, I'm like, well, I can still do stand-up if I do one reality show. Like I don't have to, you know, if I do one reality show, I don't have to like live off that for the rest of my life. I can still be a comedian and move on. So I was actually asked to um, possibly host a cooking show and they didn't care that I didn't cook i said i don't cook they're like we don't care you're just there to host i'm like okay all right but then i, like, I don't know if padma lakshmi cooks and she, they, she they, the producers asked me in person and then they found out after i don't know how they didn't know at the time but they found out after that it was transgender and it just did not work out so boom. 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 guess middle america wouldn't love that they're so lost. they're lost but oh oh okay oh i was gonna say i can we can we talk about the survivor trans man outing yeah, yeah, what is it? Yeah. Oh, you didn't hear about that? No. So oh. there was a con- contestant. I guess they're doing a Survivor All-Stars kind of series right now, which they do often. And it's like, I think it's what Road Rules used to do, where it's like veterans versus newbies kind of thing. Um, so this guy, uh, this is his second season of Survivor. And the gay guy on his team during like Tribal Council um, – outed him as trans and to to make him look deceptive yeah because uh, um, he sort of did it under the the auspice of like uh 
why like uh they this this uh this person's been holding on to a secret and they've been yeah, honest yeah. with you the, yeah because he was trying to oh, set shit. up that he was trying to set up that he was a bad player and that he lied and stuff and he was playing people and he's like um i read the article and then i watched the video and it's two different things like you need to watch the video because it's a lot mm. harder on the video but um but yeah, he's like, why haven't you told anyone you're trans? I mean, that's a lie. You're lying to everyone here kind of thing. And the whole tribal council got like quiet and people started crying and they were like, why would you do that? That was his secret, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, it was really intense and wow, really that's bullshit. Yeah, it was really kind of awful. But I started thinking about it at the same time. It was his it's his second season of Survivor, so he's already really well known. And I wanted to see how you felt about this because it had it been like gay instead of trans, I would have been upset that after his first season, he didn't come out because he has a voice, you know, like you have a, like once you have a platform and you have a voice and you're known for something, I think it's a little shitty that people don't come out. So I I was wondering, how do you feel about that? That he was, I'm not, I'm using the word coast uh, just because I can't think of anything else, but like, how do you feel about him coasting through two seasons of Survivor and mm. never coming out as trans and using his platform and his voice? Like, how do you feel about that? Um, well, for me personally, like, I believe that, I mean, it's all personal. Yeah. So, like, if you want to be out and proud, I say go for it. You're helping more people that way. If you want to live the quiet life where nobody knows, that's up to you. It's not for me to judge. Um, but it does help our movement Yeah, if you are more vocal about it, because the more people who stand up, the more people are with us, not saying he's against us, but it's just like, it's just another voice in the community that might make a difference. Yeah. So that's how I feel. But you could outing someone on a TV show. That's some fucking bullshit. And that's, that's uncalled for. Well, and it did not end well for that guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was voted off in that episode. Yeah. Like they didn't even vote on him. They didn't even vote. Jeff pro in the video. Jeff was like, do we even need to vote? We all know who's going home. Right. And everyone shook their head. And then the gay guy just went home. (laughs) Um, Wow. And, uh, and then also he was recently fired from his job. Yeah. He, he uh, got his real estate license and started working for a real estate firm in, I want to say like stupid North Carolina and uh, he, uh, his, <laughs> stupid North Carolina. His, his real estate firm uh, uh, fired him. Be nice about North Carolina. They're one of our biggest demographics. <laughs> I don't know that for real. They fired the trans guy or no, the they guy? fired the gay guy that outed him on the show. Oh, yeah. Can the they show do that though? For just like, I wonder what the, uh, well, th- why they did that? They can say that. Um, that they they he... released a statement. Oh, did they? Because I mean, I know like any employer can sort of say like uh, that he is not representative of our values as a company. Yeah, that's what they said. And that's wow. yeah. I mean, they also said they don't want any part of pr- this press right now. Like they they said that. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's they want true. to distance themselves hey. from any controversy. That's yeah. totally that's good fair. enough for me. Yeah. yeah, I know like a lot of people like you know. Um, like even like conservative people in my family have posted on Facebook about like what about you know freedom of speech whenever like someone is kind of seen for the asshole that they are and they get fired from their job and it's like well the first amendment's not about like the guarantee to say whatever you want and have no repercussions of it yeah it's just a matter of you like, can the, say gov- what you want. the government not putting <laughs> you in jail for it yeah like yeah. that's it. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't change the fact that, like, if you work for CNN and you spout off, that they don't have to be affiliated with you. Like, yeah. that's just how totally. it goes. Yeah. So, well, and also the this this gay guy that outed the trans man, um, he uh, by the end of the episode, 
when he went home, like he was crying and apologizing because he even said he was like, I didn't realize what I was doing when I said that. He's like, I'm so the sorry. heat of the moment. And yeah, and he's like, I should go home. It was he's television, like, not me. Yeah. Well, and I know that I think from what I read in an article, I don't, of course, I didn't see the video clip about it, but um, they did talk to the the trans uh, contestant, and they let him sort of control the way in which this episode was oh, i guess edit. yeah the edit of the episode so he could st- control the message at this point uh-huh. um because like i think cbs recognized that like it wasn't really fair and yeah. if this was going to be a thing that was going to be on tv that um he should be able to use this uh in a way that he was comfortable with yeah and so at least like there was that yeah but still it's uh, what a crazy situation yeah. i'm just i'm surprised i'm honestly Having worked so much in reality TV and just knowing how reality TV works, I'm so surprised that he did two seasons of Survivor and was never outed as trans, especially because producers like do the huge background checks they, and all that. Well, yeah, and like and they're probably hoping it would happen. Yeah, that, yeah. They that's did ratings. Know. That's yeah, what I'm saying. He's like, pro- I he's, hope it does happen. He's probably a really awesome guy. Or they guy. might have told somebody and then put it in their head. Yeah, and but he's. Yeah. A, I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure he's a really amazing guy, but. To book a reality show, uh, I feel like producers would have milked him being trans really hard. You know, yeah. well and, like, they're probably going to milk him now now that he's out and about. Yeah, um, and uh, but he's he's really cute. He looks just like Chazzy. So um, yeah, and like on the during the episode, like when the guy says like you know you're trans and you don't tell anyone, his face you're just like your heart sinks. It's just like oh, terrible. what a bummer. Well, well, moving on yeah. though. What are you playing right now? Wait, I oh, didn't wait. do my dictionary. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> word of the day. We want to be smart. Let's learn something. Yeah. So the dictionary word of the week is rebarbative. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're just doing an imitation of dictionary voice now. <laughs> I am the Barbara. Rebarbative. I am the Barbara. <laughs> We've come here to date. <laughs> rebarbative. What does it mean? What uh, part of speech is it? it it's a uh, now nah, it's a verb. It's a verb. Rebarbative. I don't think it's a verb. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. So it's an you, adjective. It's an adjective. Okay, so it's descriptive. Oh, it's funny because we talked about the definition thirty minutes ago. And I forgot. <laughs> I literally already forgot. I was trying to play dumb. Uh, oh, I, you remember? I, I, I had a, I had a feeling something was happening. <laughs> I honestly forgot. I'm trying to remember. I don't. I don't remember at all. Rob, I remember. It, it has to do with uh, causing annoyance. You are so good. You're so rebarbative. <laughs> Irritation or aversion? Yes. Good for you. What am I playing? What you playing? Um, I have been playing Lego Jurassic Park World on oh. <laughs> the Wii U. <laughs> we have that, right? I've become uh, that girl. <laughs> we have Jurassic World. I think we do. I think we have it on the PS4. Yeah. I feel like those Lego games are the like mature, like you've reached a level where you're like should be 60 years old if you're still playing <laughs> video games and you're playing Lego. <laughs> It's like the sit back and let's just do this game. But they, they honestly feel like the sort of telltale adventure game yeah. of the action genre. They're just like, yeah, hey, you can run around and hit things. You can die and you come right back. There really yeah. is no penalty. Nope. Yeah. They are really great for their target audience and they're actually like legitimately funny. They're cute. Yeah. This um, Jurassic Park one, not as funny as like the Batman one or the Indiana Jones one so far, but it's... I like it. Because like I want to say, what, it's Batman cute. I think was the first one where they started actually doing 
uh, voiceover in them, right? Because before yeah, that, it was just grunts. Yeah, because Indiana moans. Jones and, and Lord of the Rings was all mime, which yeah, yeah, made yeah. it really funny. Because uh-huh. like, and luckily they did movies that people knew enough. Yeah, that like just their body language of these stumpy little minifigures was pretty clear. Yeah, and um, that was I think one of its biggest strengths. So I'm kind of curious. I haven't really played any of them since they added voice acting yeah i um i prefer like the sims kind of voicing <laughs> yeah, simlish it's called mimes no like they mimed they just sort oh, of they grunted mimed. and, and yeah did yeah mime. yeah. i prefer that actually because i i feel it's funnier yeah it's more slapstick i but they actually yeah they took i think they just took the audio from the movie oh. for a lot of it and put it in the game because right, it's like the same it sounds exactly the same but um yeah nice so, so you're taking a break from andromeda honestly and i don't know if this is like just because well i just don't care anymore about where that game is going really i just want it to end at this point i feel like i put in so much time and i've gotten not much out of it yeah i um i actually also am taking a break for andromeda right now Mm -hmm. um and seriously i want to i want to love it um and i'm actually kind of seeing this as an opportunity to give them more time to patch it Mm -hmm. um but yeah, oh, and everyone at work right now is playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh yeah, and I have no point of reference to talk to them anymore. So <laughs> we have our expert yeah. right here. And so Todd, tell us about. I've it. been putting in some time into Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, it's really. I, I loved it. I am like, I don't know. I'm in the 80s uh, percent completion, which is a lot for that game. That's a lot. He's done a lot of collecting of like just the items that you don't really need to get. Yeah, yeah. I, I just because. Um, I was going to say it earlier about Lego, but one of my favorite things to do in video games is run. It's just like run and gun and destroy things and blow things up. It's my favorite thing to do. Like not, <laughs> not care about strategy and not care about perfect aiming. I just love to like blow things up and break things and shoot things and stuff like that. I, so, I'm with you. I hate stealth. Well, yeah, it, it, that's so funny because, yeah, watching Todd play The Last of Us oh, yeah. was an excruciating experience for me a little bit. Just because that game is, you know, if you play it on normal difficulty, yeah. it's you meant to be played as a stealth game because uh-huh. you never have enough ammo. Todd yeah. flipped it to easy and went and played it like an Uncharted game. Yeah, just guns Which, blazing. I still love headshots. Like I'm, I always like get all the headshot um, trophies in Uncharted, and I got them in Last of Us, and um, I do them a lot in Zelda, and I did them. I got all the headshots uh, trophies in uh, Horizon. Um, Cause I love like, I still love aiming and, and doing headshots like that, yeah. but like, you know, from a distance, but yeah, stealth, I don't, I don't mind stealth missions. Um, cause there's, I feel like a stealth level in every single game. There's one in the new Zelda. There's what, there's multiple ones in horizon. There's always one in uncharted. Like there's always a level that you have to crawl around and not get caught. Totally. Um, but yeah, my favorite thing to do is, is run and gun. And that's why I like horizon so much is, the actual storyline of Horizon is so easy to beat, and you can beat it at what, like thirty percent? Like you can beat it so fast and but so it's easy. It's a massive game. There's so much other content. But there's so much yeah. other stuff to do. So, I've, from what I can tell on the map, um, I've collected everything you can collect. I've talked to everyone you can talk to. I haven't platinumed it because there's a few. Um, yeah, there was one trophy that you just, I think you bungled at some point in your playthrough and you'll never get it. Yeah, there, there's one trophy. I think I still have like four or five trophies to platinum, but there's one trophy that says you get everyone in the game to agree with your you, you and like... To take your side and help you, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. You get everyone in the game to take your side and help you with your mission. And 
I well, there's always, no fun in that. But I, I played like that. Like I, uh, I'm trying to think if I ever like pissed anyone off, but only bad guys. Like I didn't. Whenever I talked to people, I always agreed with them and did their mission for them. And so I feel like. Yeah, I, maybe you'll get it if you yeah. keep doing it. Or maybe there's just a, a person I missed. Yeah, there could be a person you haven't met yet. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. But there's a couple other. The old hermit in the cave gets you every time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's um, there's a couple of other trophies that I'll probably never get because there's like, have you played it at all? Are you in it at all? Mm-mm. There's these. Like, I was the big cheerleader for that game, and then I never played it. <laughs> <laughs> there's these like hunting ground challenges where you learn how to use different weapons. And my biggest complaint with this game is the weapon system. Like the weapons are awful. Like I just like there's all these different weapons you can use, but I just use bow and arrow. Like the slingshot and the bomb sling and the stick to the basics. Yeah, like the, the <laughs> weapons were boring. I, I love fun. the bomb sling, uh, um, which is weird because Rob usually likes bow and arrow. Yeah. I heard um, setting traps. That's the way to go. Well, and that's the one thing that I never do. I never because you have to lure attack. Them, yeah. I always just kind of run in there with my bow. Yeah. yeah. But so these these hunting grounds where there's there's I think five or six of them, and then there's three hunting missions per hunting ground. Anyway, you have to. They're timed, and so you get um, a trophy if you know for each time, and it wants you to get the. 30 second trophy which is the highest trophy for each one for each hunting ground and some of them are so hard there's like there's no way you can complete that in 30 seconds so really i will probably never platinum that game but i'm as platinumed as todd can platinum yeah i mean (laughs) you put a lot of yeah hours into that game so yeah that's awesome it's 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 a beautiful game and it's weird because right after uh the reason i did that is because the switch was coming and since I was so deep in Horizon, Rob got to play Zelda first. Mm-hmm. So, so Rob was in the Switch on Zelda, and um, I was in PlayStation on Horizon. And have then, you switched? Yeah, so we swapped, <laughs> and now I'm seventy five hours into Zelda. Damn, Gina. which is another one because that's like Zelda you can beat right away. Like you, you can beat Zelda in like twenty hours. Like it's so fast. You could beat it in I think a little over an hour. The speed runs on it are real well, short. Yeah, if you straight up mainline it to the last because you can go straight to the last boss after the sort of tutorial section how would you beat him with a lot of skill yeah and patience yeah Yeah. um it's like it's better if you actually play the game Ten thousand hits (laughs) yeah yeah but so that was another one i beat um well i kind of learned my lesson from horizon so i didn't beat it right away even though i could have uh so i did a lot of side quests and um farming and training and stuff like that and then i beat the game and then i probably beat it at like 40 or 45 hours and then um i've put another like 30 That's hours a lot. Into it, and i still play it all the time he's still going to collecting stuff it's oh, so yeah. fun i love i love cooking the fruit to make potions and i love the only thing i don't you like cooking in real life and in the game <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that i don't care about at all is riding horses i don't care about the riding horses element of this game it oh. didn't it didn't appeal to me and it didn't work and I thought it was kind of boring. How do you so. feel about riding horses in real life? Um, I haven't done it since 1992. <laughs> it's not appealing to you and it's boring. <laughs> I've, never, I've never ridden a horse. Well, I've been. I've never ridden a horse either. I have my uh, horsemanship merit badge from Boy Scouts. Nerd. I got it, sum- I got it summer camp. Speaking of nerd podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, so there's some other games that I am excited about. I'm not playing them yet. Oh yeah, tell. 
Uh, as of today, three games came out today that I'm really excited about. Uh, one is The Silver Case, which is a remaster of a Japanese PlayStation 1 game from one of my absolute favorite game designers, Suda51. He did Killer7, No More Heroes, Killer is Dead, Shadows of the Damned. Um, Shadows of the Dam sounds yeah. familiar. That's one that Travis and I love. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the little boner. Yes, yes, yeah. with, with, with Johnson. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so, I beat Shadows of the Damned. Yes. I just forget the name. It's so, yeah. <laughs> so they did a remaster Generic. of that game uh, for PC and PS4. So that arrived today. And then also, digitally, today is the release of the remaster of Full Throttle, the LucasArts yeah. adventure title. <laughs> I love LucasArts old games right? from the 90s. So, like, I mean, Day of the Tentacles is my number one that from them. The number one. But, but Full uh, Throttle was dope. Full Throttle solid, and I'm excited hey. about playing it again. And um, the Disney Afternoon Collection came out today as well, mm-hmm. which I'm crazy oh, excited yeah, about. yeah, I need to get that. I saw people talking about that yeah. on Twitter. Got to get what? that Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Why do they call it Disney Afternoon? What is that? Because it's uh, two uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers games, two DuckTales games, and Tailspin. Mm-hmm. Are they really fast games? Like, I mean, are they, like... Yeah, well, they're Nintendo full games. I mean, they're Nintendo, Nintendo, like, original NES games. So, um, like, what? If you play through DuckTales in one sitting, it's probably about 45 minutes to an hour. But, I mean, 8-bit games weren't that long for the most part. A lot of them weren't. Um, And your hopping skills. Yeah, I mean, like, they they can be really difficult. Although, um, I think this game added the feature that the Rare Replay for Xbox One had, which gives you the rewind option. So, if you fuck up, you can hit a button, and it rewinds, say, like, uh, 10 seconds and then you can start right there yeah so it's the equivalent of save states um okay. so yeah i'm very excited about all of those games but right now i'm all horizon all the time right now yeah that's dope so yeah sweet so um todd what what was your like first video game that you can think of that started your love for gaming um well so i have two older brothers i'm the baby and uh, my oldest brother's eight years older than me so um when i was a little kid we the first system we ever had was the intellivision um it was uh, explain you you screw so you screwed the whole system into your tv the cartridges looked like atari cartridges um and then it had two paddles that came off the side with curly almost telephone cord like um you know cords that attach the paddles to the system and it's a uh the paddle had a number uh telephone number keypad and then below it it had a uh, little disc like an old ipod and um, each game came with cellophane inserts that like would an, go like an over, overlay. Yeah, that would slide in over the number pad. And so, depending on what your game, the numbers did different things. And so, you'd hold your paddle, you'd move the disc around with your thumb, and then you'd press like jump, you know, shoot, all that stuff up here with the numbers. Wow. Correlated. So, we had that. So, we had um, Space Invaders. <laughs> and remember, one was. Uh, like big mountain skiing or something, or you, or you had to like ski through the poles, but it was like hard, but it was fun. Um, and um, yeah, was it colored of, or was it green? Yeah, it was or... in color, oh. and um, it was uh, it was almost exactly an Atari. I mean, all the games were eight bit, um, and you know, great soundtracks and stuff like that. I want to say that if games weren't the same on both platforms they were definitely like exact copies you know like i I know that we had like um an asteroid one it might not have been called asteroid though 
Yeah. Hmm. Well, and of course, like the home units of asteroids didn't have the same effect as the arcade units because the the screens for asteroids and arcades were specialized. They were different from normal TVs. Oh. That's how they got the crazy bright lights on them. Like when you do shot them, yeah. they started off super like shocking bright. Um, I I love like an, a classic like authentic asteroids machine. They're so cool looking. But yeah, um. Oh yeah, I have seen that machine. Yeah, it was before. like the same era as the Atari Twenty Six Hundred because there were a lot of wow. sort of comparable machines all at the same time at that time. Mm. Just because video games were so kind of fresh and new. Yeah, and I forgot the paddles uh, slide into the console. And like, yeah, if you look at it, the console's It's like the original Switch. Yeah, the the (laughs) console itself is really thin. And then ours sat on top of a storage box for the games, which my brother still has and is hooked up to a TV in his his basement for his sons who are now, uh, what, like 16 and 14. And they're playing Um, that thing? Yeah, it still works. Do they not know there's a Switch out there (laughs) and a PS4? I mean, they also like... (laughs) <laughs> play everything on their iPads and iPhones and stuff. Um, but yeah, so that was the first system we ever had. So we actually had the original Pong, too, which was the oh, two cool. big yeah, yeah. Like Zach Moore cell phones things with just the dials on them. We had that, too. Um, That's amazing. And actually, wow, now that I'm thinking about it, we had, I don't know if you've ever seen them in like collector shops, but they're Nintendo handheld uh, almost like digital calculator screens of like Donkey Kong. The Game & Watch series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We had those. Um, so that might have been... Those little plastic ones? Yeah, they're almost like the Tiger handhelds oh, yeah, that yeah. came later, but they're like, they were made by Nintendo and they actually have like, yeah, like it's... like the size of a credit card. Yeah, and they have like sort of baked in elements into the screen, but they only light up certain parts of it at a time, yeah. which gives the illusion of animation. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't even lit up. It was just it yeah, was or they a activate. digital calculator. Yeah, yeah, they activate. Wow. Um, but yeah, so I pretty much had video games my entire life. And then we got our uh, Nintendo, and that changed everything. The so, world opened up. Totally did. <laughs> so, yeah. so what is your favorite uh, gaming franchise of all time? Um, well... First, my favorite gaming system of all time is Nintendo. I will always buy everything Nintendo and do everything Nintendo. Uh, and my favorite franchise is uh, Mario. Anything Mario. Really? Except for Luigi's Mansion. I have How a hard dare you? pass on Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> hard pass. I haven't played it. How dare you? That game is wonderful. What about Paper Mario? I played it. I loved it. Mario it RPG. Mar- uh, Paper Mario was I'm the first game I ever... <laughs> Paper Mario was the first game I ever played on a, a Wii, on a Nintendo Wii. At my best friend Kendra's house. Really? Yeah, she had a Wii. And uh, yeah, I played through Paper Mario in like one weekend <laughs> at her house. Hmm. And, uh, it was a visually stunning game. I just loved that it could like, you could switch the depth and the 3D. and Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I still am hurt and I feel somewhat betrayed about your hatred of Luigi's Mansion. We've talked about this before. I know, but it, it still hurts. I mean, I bought a GameCube for that game and it. It, it peed me off. <laughs> I got I got a GameCube so I could it play. It frosted your cookies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got my GameCube so I could play uh, Metroid Prime. But I was very excited when I played Luigi's Mansion because that game was a lovely surprise for me. Mm. Um, Whoa. It's one man's trash is another's treasure. <laughs> it's true. I will say that the only thing that I've never gotten into 
well, two kind of things. One thing is Mario Kart. I love Mario Kart, but it, it is very bad for me and Rob because he cheats and like always, <laughs> and he's really mean. And How do so, you cheat on um, Mario Kart? You, you can't. <laughs> I cheat because he's really good. No, I cheat because he loses. Apparently, uh, that's yeah. it. He always throws a banana at the last minute, and then he switch. You know. It's called strategy. Well, years of practice. I've been playing Mario Kart since the beginning, and yeah. Todd's first Mario Kart experience was on the Wii U for Mario Kart uh, eight. eight. That was a good one, though. And, but that was his first experience no. with Mario Kart ever. No, it I it was. No, I played tons of Mario Kart on Wii. Double Dash. Oh, I, I thought I had to train you on how to play Mario Kart. No, because I played it with Carrie and her brothers oh, all, all right the time. Then. Well, I, it seemed like your first time. <laughs> yeah. Um, played like it was your first the time. Only, the only Nintendo, uh, especially with Mario Brothers, that I've never gotten into is Smash Brothers. Is Mario in that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, Luigi and it, Princess and I've basically all it, of and them. And Doctor Mario also. I Mario's it, in there twice. I played it maybe yeah. once at a party. Waluigi. And I just <laughs> I don't know the I don't know the 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 tricks. I don't know the moves for people, and I always just press a lot of buttons it's and hard. jump around. That's a tough yeah. one. Well, like I mean, because the real trick of, of Smash Brothers, I mean, first off, you can just hit the buttons to attack people. Like it helps if you know what you're doing, but you don't have to. The big trick is you just have to know. Which characters do what? When you have to know the their like abilities Overwatch. for like the double jump <laughs> and then the thing that gets them back onto the stage. That's the trick. Because if you're playing as like say Ness and you don't know how to direct his little uh, psychic energy ball to blast him back onto the the level, yeah, he's the you're worst fucked. character ever. Yeah. So like it's all about knowing how you can get back on the stage. Totally. Because that's the that's the big thing. Yeah. Do you have any um, traumatic gaming moments? Uh, I do, and it's from my favorite game of all time. Like, my favorite game of all time also has the hardest, most controller-breaking, TV-flipping moment in it. Oh, shit. This happened last year, didn't it? It happens every time I play the game. Uh, <laughs> every year. It, it's called Conker's Bad Fur Day, and it's my favorite game of all time. It's the. It's called what? Conker's Bad Fur Day. You play a drunk squirrel. It was on the N64 originally. Yeah. Oh, um, I remember it's that. Rare, now. it's a uh, rare where, right? It, I think they just became rare at that point. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's my favorite game of all time. It's the funniest thing ever. It references like a ton of different movies. Uh, you play this drunk uh, squirrel <laughs> whose girlfriend is kind of like a, a porny, ditzy squirrel, and she's missing, and you go to try to find her. But, like, there's a whole scene that's the Matrix, and because this was like 98, 99? Must have been after 99, because Matrix came out in March of 99. Okay, so it was maybe 2000, and I, I played it twice in college, and then I played the reissue two years ago um, when Rob got it. But there's this part in it where you're surfing on lava, like you're literally fighting these little cavemen guys, and you're surfing on lava, and it's a race. And so it's a it's a track that... You repeat. You have to do it like three or four times. Mm -hmm. And the first, I want to say the first two times you go around and every time you get next to one of these cavemen guys, you have to throw something at them to knock them off their surfboard and kill them in the lava. Uh, So you do it twice and then that opens a door to the rest of the track and then you do the rest of the track twice and that's the whole race. And I can always get to the, um, uh, I can always get to the first, you know, to releasing the second track you know and it's the final guy he just goes so fast i'm always on his tail but you got to get right next to him to punch him and i i remember in college screaming and throwing things and crying and leaving and coming back and putting so many hours and i finally beat it but um 
That's amazing. I, uh, <laughs> when, when the reissue came out, I mean, it's the exact same game. Nothing changed. So, so you I like to be not... torturing yourself every year? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I finally had to have Rob uh, do it because I was it was making me angry. <laughs> and, you know, video games are a release, and I don't want video games to add more stress to my life. So. <laughs> Which, of course, I felt kind of guilty because I've never played Conker's Bad Fur Day before. And you beat so, in like, the I, first round? I, I think it was two times. Second, yeah. So, like, I literally I picked up the controller, and I was like, okay, what is what do I do? What are the controls here? And so I learned it, and then I crashed, like, nearly immediately on the first pass uh-huh. and then on the second one i just sort of did it and i felt really guilty <laughs> i mean it was a close one i nearly did die during that like, todd probably felt relieved yeah so. I, was saying, I didn't care it's because like, i wanted, just wanted to, to end i know so i felt so guilty i was just like oh like because i put i mean i put probably two hours yeah, just trying to be that you'd, one you'd oh earned the victory i just haven't you were like the game genie you loosen the <laughs> jar <laughs> you loosen the jar i just opened it yeah <laughs> How about you, um, Rob? Any traumatic gaming experiences? <laughs> oh God! Um, I mean, off the top of my head, I think the most—I uh, mean, I'm sure like my most traumatic experience recently would be something from Dark Souls, getting a boss close to the end uh, and then dying. But so um, it's similar to yeah. Todd's well, the one—the one thing actually I can think of that was really just—and it changed. I had no idea that a game could do this to me. Was when I played Demon Souls, which mm-hmm. was the precursor to the Dark Souls series. Yeah. Um. In that game, uh, it saves all the time. Like, you use one item, it saves. You fire a single arrow, it saves. Oh, no, so you make it, a fuck up, You do it one saves. thing wrong, and it saves. And, um, and so there was a time when I accidentally hit an NPC, and it turns out that non, you know, the non-playable character that I hit was a blacksmith. Oh, and he is the only person who can repair or reinforce your weapons in like well, there's two of them but he's the one the main one who reinforces your weapons the other one doesn't do no. very much for you and he instantly went aggro on me and started attacking me and i was like well fuck this so i left and i came back he's he still remembered. attacking me he's a crow and then remember and then so i was like okay fine I, so i killed him and i figured okay he'll because he lives in the he'll nexus respawn. well he lives in the nexus where like when you die you respawn in the nexus so i was like he'll come right back he never did and uh <laughs> so i realized like okay now i have my weapons as they currently are and that is as good as they will ever get i'd beaten at that point maybe like four bosses and i was like 24 hours into the game and the only option i had to continue on was to restart the game so he would respawn and i started over that is fucking traumatizing it was the worst i could not believe it and i think i like i literally i didn't even mean to i'd hit... probably quit the game i'd well, be like okay i'm done and i didn't even mean to hit him like i actually i literally like put i think i put my controller down to like yeah. go to the bathroom yeah it happens and in those games the attacks are assigned to the triggers so i'm putting yeah. it down on a table trigger gets hit Trigger's you swing. triggered yep you swing and you hit somebody so yeah that's my thing what's your what, what's your most traumatic gaming moment um <laughs> mine's pretty silly so you know in um uh, like super mario 3 there's that big fish big bertha oh uh-huh. god i hate that thing well that fish is traumatic and traumatizing for me because i used to have nightmares <laughs> i'm sorry i don't want to laugh falling in the water and trying to escape big bertha like, and jumping out but i keep every time i jump out of the water i'd fall back in and she's right on my tail okay, so you were falling in the water not like you had no it's ni- me she's chasing so, me so it's not like you had nightmares of playing mario <laughs> and mario falls in the water and no. you're like no this level it's killing me big bertha was trying to Got murder it. me wow yeah like pinocchio status <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, well, I'm sorry. That sounds terrible. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I've ever lost a game save. I feel like... I do it all the time. I feel like I did. Oh, I know what it was. I So you know how you couldn't save on Sega when you were playing Sonic? Mm-hmm. And so if you wanted to beat Sonic, you just had to sit there and play it for four hours or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, I grew up out in the middle of the woods on a farm, and um, we have co-op electricity, which is just a Midwestern country thing. Did you know um, Dolly? <laughs> and um, uh, our power went out when I was playing one time. And oh. I mean, I was like... That's three hours in the worst. I was pretty far, and our power went out, and I remember just crying about That's it. Awful. Yeah, that is traumatic. Yeah. Well, speaking of traumatic, I was traumatic. This just made me real angry. So right. on to some news. Yes. Stuff. Um, do 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 do. <laughs> the news. <laughs> um, Nintendo has announced and confirmed that production is ceasing on the NES Classic, the $60 little box with 30 games on it that everyone wanted and no one was able to get is now impossible to get. What's the reasoning? I'm guessing because they are... Bitches. I don't know. Yeah, like it's... Uh, it was like there's a couple of theories as to why. One is that um, Nintendo hates pirates, and um, there was some issues about um, people hacking them and putting like downloaded ROMs on them. So, uh, but of course you could do that on a Raspberry Pi. Um, so, but like they, uh, a lot of people um, like theorize that that's the case. Okay. Another people theorize more people theorize that like Nintendo is going to be coming out with another limited edition system. Um, and um oh, so you have to keep collecting them like they're the, mcdonald's they'll, happy meals. they'll always be limited and those <laughs> keep coming and another okay. one is a theory that they had a problem with um licensing of a single game on it and like so maybe like it turns out they didn't own all of say star tropics or whatever yeah they would have to cease production and pull it which means they just can't make it anymore unless they update the 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 build on it um so there's a couple of of theories all i know is that i'm super fucking pissed because i never got one and like they were always selling on ebay for like 180 200 and within the day of them announcing the price on them escalated i think 300 percent over the listing price and um they started like one started selling every 30 seconds on ebay so all final shipments are basically spoken for they're all selling on ebay via scalpers at insano prices and any normal person who wants one can seriously just go fuck themselves because you're not going to get one. Wow. It's really, it's infuriating. Yeah, it's bullshit. I'm sorry, boo. It's okay, I guess. I already owned all the games at one time, so I'm fine. <laughs> I, I still want it. The thing was so cute. I know, it's it so was cute. cute. You can put it on your keychain. I just want everything Nintendo. I have a funny um, uh, news story yes. from the New York Post. And it says, New York teens are too busy playing video games to have sex. Good for them. <laughs> Wait, yes. can video games be the new sort of birth control? Well, remember the Demolition Man? No, wait. Was it Demolition Man? Where they wear the VR headsets Yeah, sex? Yeah. Video games will be sex. <laughs> yeah. You have to have a sex. license to have children. Yeah. that. I mean, I'm down for that. So it says nearly... Um, oh, it says... Um, nearly half of city teens, 45.6%, spend at least three hours a day playing video games on their computer or uh, phone. According to the 2015 blah, 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 whatever, conducted by federal centers of disease, blah, 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 blah. That's up 41.7% in 2013 and 28.1% in 2005. 
and it says the city teen rate of game playing is four points higher than the national average. So if you live in a city, you're going to play more games. And um, then it says the percentage of high, uh, the percentage of city high schoolers who have had sex fell from thirty-one point two percent in two thousand thirteen to twenty-seven point two percent in two thousand fifteen, a record low, because. They're all playing video games now. Let's, I do wonder if that's a false causality, but it is fun to think about. And seriously, like, good, good also, for that, right? That's good. Right? Yeah. That's great. And it also links it to um, less smoking of tobacco, even though the rate of, like, the, um, what are the electronic ones? Vaping. Are, the vaping is up, but regular cigarettes, it's way down. Also and, good. Yeah. So they're linking it to video games. Well, I didn't write it. I just read it. No, that was fucking hilarious. I I love that. Like, I feel like every article that you find always has like the most fun headline of like, you know, they're too busy playing games to have sex. Bioware has, you know, gone out of its way to make women in Mass Effect ugly. Ugly. (laughs) Like, it's just, I I do feel like all of your headlines just have these like sort of punchline qualities. You know, those are the ones I look for. Well, um, I have another fun little news thing. Not a lot of detail on it. Tell us. But um, Netflix is rebooting Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego as an animated series. Oh, that's my cosplay fantasy. 20 episodes with Gina Rodriguez, (laughs) a.k.a. Jane the Virgin, as uh, Carmen. So, an animated series coming back. I was going to say, it was an animated series, right? It was. Before the game show or after? I think... I don't know. I watched both, and uh, I think the root of my hatred for uh, acapella music comes from that show. You hate rockapella? Rockapella. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I think I didn't mind then, but now something about acapella music really makes my- Like s- that barbershop quartet uh, situation. I think like pentatonics and stuff, like oh. just the, the beatboxing. Like I can't watch Pitch Perfect. I hate acapella music. I think Glee is what did me in on that. Well, at yeah. least they had instruments, too. Yeah, but still, uh, that's why I can but I can get through still. a Justin Timberlake album because even though I hate beatboxing, at least there's like good instruments. But when it's all human sound, I'm like, stop! <laughs> <laughs> Don't um, tell Crystal that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I did. I loved. I mean, we didn't have cable growing up. We had four channels, so uh, Carmen San Diego was a big deal because it was one of the only like teen game shows that I could watch. Like, I didn't get. Uh, what is it? Race to the Temple or something? Oh, Legends the of the Forbidden Temple. Temple. That was like that was like Double Dare meets That's awesome. It was trivia and running. So, yeah, and it? some obstacle coursey kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, and like you know, Guts was. I think Guts had a yeah, trivia Guts. component too, uh-huh. on top of yeah. its uh, Double Dare, its physical that. challenge stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nick Arcade was the one I always liked because it combined uh, you I know game show that. with video games. I've never even heard of that. Oh yeah, Nick Arcade. Nick Arcade, and at the end, it put you in the game, what? and like they did oh a thing. Where it was God, them on yes. green screen with like these sort of sprites that they had to sort of avoid in a sort of uh, quasi side scroller thing that they oh. did. I'm sure there's YouTube videos of the uh, final round of Nick Arcade. No one ever fucking survived it because <laughs> it was real weird. Like, yeah. I can't even imagine having to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, just because I imagine the tech wasn't there and probably to play it was a baffling ordeal. Totally. Is hmm. my assumption. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Interesting. That notion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you have any other noteworthy news? Oh, yeah. I have another New York poster. Um, researchers say that playing Tetris can prevent PTSD. 
Explain how. You want me to explain it or have the article explain it? (laughs) I'm sure there are some sort of scientists that have very smart things to say. Uh, Yeah, well, it just says that um, gamers who spend hours gazing at fallen pieces end up seeing them also in their thoughts and dreams, a phenomenon dubbed the Tetris effect, which can ease the impact of traumatic events. Hmm. And they say... um, Unless you catch people who have experienced a, tw- a traumatic event within, like, I think you have, like, a 20-minute window. If you don't get them to that Tetris before 20 minutes is up, it won't work. That What a, st- oh. what a strange, like, I wonder how yeah. they found out that number. Like, you know, did they, like... So you gotta. Sorry, you're just in a car well, crash, man. Here's a Game Boy. Um, at University of Oxford, 71 volunteers at um the, this hospital suffered from shock after track shock after traffic accidents. I can't speak. Hmm. Um, they were asked to visualize their accidents and then play the game on a Nintendo console. After 20 minutes, oh maybe I said maybe I read it wrong. After 20 minutes, disturbing memories of the event stopped being formed. Oh, okay. Oh, so, so it's not so a 20 minute window to get them in front. My of bad. I read it real fast the first time. <laughs> Although I kind of like that other version. Seriously, I, uh, like, okay, ma'am, we're glad you survived your car accident. Have a game. Play this work. game. Yeah. <laughs> now, now play a game. The jaws of life. Play this game. Yeah, jigsaw. <laughs> I like to play a game. It's all just to make you better. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, here's okay. So this is what I was thinking. There is a reference roughly six-hour window of opportunity after a traumatic event for such an ev- intervention to succeed. Okay. That is much better than the 20-minute Much window. better than 20 much minutes, but there's still a window. <laughs> there's still a window. There is. That's interesting, <laughs> I though. just mixed everything up. Well, because I know, like, you know, um, it makes sense, the Tetris effect, you seeing your pieces, you know, kind of in day-to-day life or while you sleep. Yeah. Because Todd was forever changed when he played The Last of Us. He couldn't yeah. go down the street without seeing, you know, things to pick up to potentially bash people on the head with. Yeah. Like, there's... Um, two houses down from us when I walk Braddock there's a red brick in their yard that looks exactly like the red bricks from Last of Us and I always want to pick it up in case I need it later you never know And but I've been doing it with um, with Horizon and with Zelda both you farm uh, a lot of plants while you're running through the game and there are plants in our neighborhood that look like I'm like oh I should pick that because I need that for later like they look like yeah. plants you would pick in the games I see that totally. I see that all the time yeah it says you have to engage in a very visually demanding task soon after the trauma for it to disrupt the bad memories all right then um well before we finish up I guess I have some news because uh, you know I listen to this podcast so I've listened to every episode and I feel like you guys haven't talked about it yet but they're What's that? at Universal Studios they're building a Nintendo land right oh, next yeah. to Harry Potter I totally and, forgot I didn't uh, even know what? when you so when you were there do you know the park fairly well yeah like, you know where the water world theater is yeah and then right in front of it was that cartoon candy shop well they ripped all that out and if you were there like the, it's it's surrounded by you know those construction paneling things what was that place called cartoonopolis cartoonapalooza something and um something and uh <laughs> it's, it's so it's right across from where starbucks is and it's right between uh shrek and Waterworld. it's where all that construction is next to the I new love york street water world I Me too. They just like redid the line and revamp. Like they're putting more money into it. It's that not is going such a great show. Well, and you know, it is the most seen attraction at Universal Studios. Like more than Harry Potter. More than the tram. 
Oh, wow. Like it is the most. It's really uh, it's cool. had the most people go through it in the life of that attraction. And that and movie course, came out a bazillion years ago. But the thing is, I remember <laughs> every seating is always full. And I remember before it was Waterworld, it was the Miami Vice stunt show. Oh, that was good too. I remember that. Wow, yeah, never yeah, saw that, that was back in the oh, day. Oh, that was good. I remember, and they were on the jet skis, but they're on jet skis. Well, yeah, no, too. I mean, they basically kind of just gave it a little bit of a facelift and yeah, totally. changed the clothes. Totally. So, uh, do we know anything else about Nintendo Land? Like, what's it going to entail? Uh, it's all Is speculation it... at this point. It's probably going to be one major motion ride, like they did for Harry Potter, like they do for everything. It'll be one. I want uh, more. It'll than definitely, one. you know, I mean, it's a video game, so it'll definitely be a motion ride. I don't think they're they're going to build a roller coaster, but. Um, yeah, and it's just going to be a lot of Nintendo-themed merchandise, and uh, it's there's not a lot of room in the park, so it's probably going to be one ride with one block of switchbacks for the line, and um, a restaurant and a gift shop. It's probably just going to be three things. Yeah, when like when did Nintendo and Universal pair up? They partnered what was I mean, it, they like announced mid it last like year, six months ago. Yeah. Oh, okay, so it's recent. And it was the yeah. cute little guy with the clear glasses. What's his name? DNA. Uh, no. Oh, is it probably it was probably Sh- uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, the uh, yeah. the Mario creator. Yeah, no, no, he, he, he and a guy from Jurassic Universal um, announced it. It's it's on YouTube. You can watch it. Um, but yeah, so they're building that right now, and I mean, there's cranes and lots of because I mean it's active building. So I think they're hoping for a summer of eighteen launch. Uh, which would be great. Oh, the nice. same year that Star Wars Land is. Oh no, Star yeah, Wars Star Land Wars is next be, year. That's nineteen. What I thought it was gonna be this year. No, Star Wars Land doesn't open until nineteen. They keep changing Jesus. it. Which that's is all I know. Crazy. That's all I know. It's keep changing. So, which is crazy because I was there um, a lot last week. I was there on Friday, and not only are like they almost done building everything, but the river is reopened. They they tore down the dam. The river is reopened. Um, I think the train is gonna reopen soon, and. All the buildings are painted like the the plaster is built and they're painted and it looks like Star Wars. Like, I don't know why it's taking another year and a half to open that ride or that land. But I think now they're waiting on the parking garage because they're building a new parking system at Disneyland for mm. for Star Wars land. Wow. So um, but uh, but yeah, Disneyland wise, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is going to open in it's probably going to soft open in three weeks and hard like officially open uh, the week of Memorial day. Oh, so it's going to be around the movie. It looks awesome. Like it looks really cool. Yeah. I I heard it's really cool. from some people who've been on it already. Yeah. It looks like a big digital, like spear. Yeah. Like it just looks like a big digital spear and it's covered in gold and eight bits and it just looks really cool. I'm still really sad that twilight zone. Yeah. I'm I'm over the twilight zone, but it'll be good just to get on that ride again. I don't care what it, what it is. I'm excited yeah. to do it again. Yeah. It'll be cool. So I heard it's going to be more like star tours and every ride's different. That'll be cool. Uh, like even the story. As long as they don't have to wear 3d glasses. I'm fine. Yeah. I don't think you have to wear glasses, but I heard like story wise, like I think it's always the raccoon that's li- like leading you through the ride. But I think like, like a C3PO R2D2 yeah, situation. Yeah. But I think that um, each, each drop is uh, different and you never, it's a different storyline every time. Nice. That's cool. So, oh, Oh, go ahead. Um, wait, what were you going to say? Because in the gaming world, Injustice 2 is launching some new like mini trailers. Oh, for, for characters? bigger characters. So um, Poison Ivy came out today. Mm. Oh. Poison Ivy. Has she never been in it before? Nah. Oh. She kind of reminds she, was me. Was she not in Injustice 1? Nah. Oh. Did no. Um, they had some really cool characters in Injustice 1, but no Poison Ivy. They had um, Zantana. Zantana? I don't know. 
who that is. I don't know that. The wizard. The um she has she's the magician. From what aye, aye, from aye. what DC. DC. Oh you don't I don't care for DC. Oh, is she her I own franchise? I don't yeah. Uh, yeah I, but I, she's I, part I of I don't know DC superheroes that well. She is part of a league of something at some point too. Hmm. I only know like a Justice League. What is DC? Or... Superman? Batman? Yeah, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash. And what Cyborg and Aquaman will be Lobo the, will be the Justice League. I only know Superman and Batman genre, so anything outside of those, I don't know the other. Okay, ones. well, Injustice Two is coming out. It's got that. Well, it's by Another Realm, so it's you know Mortal it's Kombat. Mortal Kombat developers. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so they're introducing new characters, and Poison Ivy is the one I'm looking the most forward to. Yeah. Nice. I wonder what she's gonna look like. Uh, well, look like? The thing about this one is you can customize their looks, so you oh. can change their styles and everything. Nice. So does it represent like outfits and stuff of different eras of the character? Everything, like, yeah. So it, it eras, shakes up just hairstyles. Yeah, all these characters have been around for what sixty years. I mean, if, Thurman, right? If I could do Uma Thurman yeah. with his really, two we buns, go, we want to yeah. go into Batman and the Robin bun horns, yeah. the pointy buns. Yeah. yeah, then I'm down for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Oh, and then um, Star Wars Battlefront 2. We didn't talk about that. Oh, yeah. Because it happened it, right after. Yeah, because it leaked immediately after we recorded last yeah. week. So it's coming out. And we were bitching about there's not enough female lead characters. And what do you know? It's a... A female member of the Empire. Yes. Can wow. you fucking believe that yeah, shit? Which, and uh, there will be a single player campaign in this Battlefront, which is it, also big news. Because I know Todd was really excited about Battlefront the last Battlefront, but it was only multiplayer. Yeah, and it's supposed to relaunch on November 17th, so it's not that far away. Damn! Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so it will have single-player story mode? It will. Yeah. Oh, good, yeah. Because I, uh, you know, ate up and tore through all the Star Wars games on PlayStation 3. What were they called? <laughs> oh, Force Unleashed. Yeah, Force oh, Unleashed. I like those. Because you can run and gun, and you can use your lightsaber, and you can break anything in the game like any set decoration anything you can slice through with your lightsaber and it was the best yeah um, but yeah like they uh on the multiplayer front they've also said announced that there's multiplayer battles throughout all eras of star wars so you can fight oh, cool. yoda versus darth maul you can do stuff with uh uh ray like it covers yeah. all of the the eras of the franchise nice yeah so i'm, I'm of course i imagine they'll include some stuff from The Last Jedi as well, maybe as DLC, since it comes out a month later. Yeah, but the story mode is supposed to happen after the second Death Star explodes in The Return of the Jedi. Yeah, so it takes place in between Jedi and, and Force Awakens. Force Awakens, yeah. Cool. So that I totally forgot that happened like right after we recorded. I know. Yeah, as soon as we were done, Nutty. I get a text, because it had leaked, right? Yeah. The trailer had leaked before leaked. the official Star Wars celebration thing a couple days ago yeah so they have it did you see the trailer for it i did yeah it looks, looks good nice. looks good yeah so, so on to the important business go for it who <laughs> wants to lead the uh the, the crushy chat oh yeah who's your crush of the week Satine? you want me to yeah. uh i went old school laura croft like right. old school like pyramid boobs or like more modern um, okay I like the way the new Laura Croft looks mm -hmm. because, I mean, she's not pixelated. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> but I love the attitude of the original Laura Croft. Mm, got it. Yeah. So that 
British bitch. That's who I yeah, like. So you like her as like the confident, yeah, like brazen fortune hunter. Tumor. She's yes, exactly. Because yeah, they did make her a lot more. She's human. very seasoned. Yeah, they made her much more human in the most recent ones. Yeah, I like her being. Yeah, I want to see her with diamonds and fur, boots <laughs> with the fur. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So. Excellent. Yeah. Um, Todd. Well, my crush of the week, I guess, has been my crush of the winter, but <laughs> now that I'm finally on the podcast, is uh, Rost from Event Horizon, Event Horizon, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, <laughs> he is a very butch daddy type, but he has like braids and dreadlocks and, you know, they all wear makeup and he's just very, very handsome. He's kind of like... um. The guy from Last of Us, what's his name? Joel. 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 He's kind of like Joel from Last of Us. Had he grown up in a uh, futuristic robotic caveman setting, and ah. he's very yummy. Yeah, yeah. I now I have to play it just for that. He's very <laughs> much what I imagine Rob will look like when he's forty-five. If I wasn't like balding with the tendrils and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It, Ross was interesting because he was a character that like literally popped up in my Facebook feed from all the gay gamers I knew doing screenshots of him just posting like, look at this. Yeah. Wait, what, how do you spell his name? R-O-S-T. Rost. <laughs> okay. I got Ross stores. Look up, <laughs> look up Ross Horizon Zero Dawn and you will get something. Okay. Which, yeah, Todd, you'll have to get me a picture of he him. He looks so I can like a Viking. Yeah. 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 But he's got these, like, you know, cool lines shaved into the side of his head. But then he's also got, like, braided dreadlocks on, like, a mohawk. And does he have and, a braided beard? I think he's got braids yeah, in his beard. Yeah, he's like, got a, braids in his beard. He's got, like, the bear claw caveman markings. Mm-hmm. He's ready to fuck you up. Yeah, he's a very rugged man. But he'll man. be real sweet when he sleeps next to you. Yeah, he's real young. Yeah, well, he's a he, cuddler. And he's a nurturer. Yeah, you can tell the he's he the big spoon. Um, so, uh, and my crush of the week this time is Frank West from the Dead Rising series. Oh, yeah. Like, in uh, in Dead Rising 4, he was a character that I uh, only had running around in his boxers and barefoot the whole time, because they actually gave him really good chest hair. <laughs> and it's not very often you see a, a character in a game where they do either realistic or oh. just good style <laughs> chest hair. There he is. <laughs> I'll say, and the, the picture you dug up is actually Frank West from Dead Rising 1. Oh, really? Yeah, Dead Rising 4 Frank West um, has a little bit less of a weird nose, and he's just more of a, he's a little bit more of a hammy kind of gentleman. Like, he's just kind of funny. Um, and so, yeah, there's something about him. He's just, He's kind of dumb, but brazen and... He's covered wars, you know. He's just a funny guy. And yeah, and there's something really special about uh, having a customized character in in-game cutscenes. Because he's having very normal conversations with people while just walking around shirtless. He kind of looks like um, Bruce Campbell could have played him back yeah. in the Dizzle. Well, and also, like, even his um, his character traits are kind of in line with, with Ash from uh, Evil Dead. He is a little just kind of campy and over the top. And, you know, he, nice. yeah, he's, he's a funny dude. Yeah, he's cute. Frank West. Frank West. You're in it to win it. Yup. We should have like a running at the end of the year. (laughs) Brackets. Yeah. (laughs) People vote. That'd be fun. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Nice. He's cute. I like him. 
Oh, I forgot to mention Laura Croft's legs. By the way, they're hot. They go all the way to the floor. They yeah. do. There's two of them. Well, what? I don't know. She's got it all. She's got it all. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's another successful one in the bag. Yay! Yeah, baby. So, yeah. Um, of course, uh, you can find Satine at? At Satine the Dream on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And just Satine on Twitch. And I am Fast Danger on Twitter and Mr. Gladstone, where Mr. is spelled out, on Instagram and Twitch. And you can find Todd at... Uh, I'm at Todd Masterson on uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I'm not on Twitch. And by the way, you should uh, watch all of Todd's Instagram stories because I fucking die. <laughs> they're hilarious. Seriously, you do have, you've built quite a following of your Instagram stories. Yeah, they're really Thank good. Thank Genius, you. even. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I, have I have fun. Yeah. Um, and, and you can follow the podcast at BitDiffPodcast on Twitter Instagram, Facebook, and... And you can email us at bitdiffpodcast at gmail.com. We have new episodes every Wednesday. That's right, every Wednesday. And uh, would you kindly rate, follow, and uh, review... Yeah, that's a good word. uh, Yeah, sorry, (laughs) I don't don't have my cheat sheet here. Uh, (laughs) Do all those things for us at uh, iTunes and Google Play. Because that's where our podcast lives. Yeah. Thank you so much, Todd, for um, joining us on this auspicious occasion. Thanks for having me. It's very exciting. I've been wanting to do it for quite some time. Seriously, he has been sort of just like, so when? When? (laughs) And then, of course, when when Travis was on, he was like, Travis is on, but not me. (laughs) But also, Travis being on was was righting a wrong in that uh, even, you know, he was never on my my old podcast. Your old podcast. Well, and, you know, he was a big part of Andromeda, so. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he also designed our logo and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I know. He also has a story about Battlefront 2, about the poster that I wish he was here to tell, because I'm obviously not going to say it. But <laughs> but yeah, that would have been cute. Yeah. Oh, well. Next time. Next time. Thank you so much for listening. Ciao, Bye. Bye.